And we're live. Welcome. Welcome to episode uh, 121. We're we're starting out with audio this time, so that's good. Uh, We're back to our we're back to our professional broadcast studios where we have control of the uh, of the electronics as opposed to in a bar where we had control of nothing and proceeded to lose more control as the night went on. Yeah, we sure did. Um, So we're going to give you a wrap up of the week or the weekend of the event. We had a great time. Uh, Man, Rocky was there. Carl was there. We had 42 people, I think, all together. 40, 45, I think. 45, yeah. yeah. Um, we had we had a couple of people there with authority. We had some BCOs. We had some Blue Ribbon drivers. Um, we as y'all, If y'all watched the podcast last week, we had a real good time at the bar on Friday night. Um, uh, we did. We did. Nick, and, uh, Nick would, took very good care of us as he usually yeah, does. So he certainly did. Um, so, well, listen, I got, I got to plug, uh, Wingate by Wyndham. I mean, oh yeah, you know, they're our, they're our official hotel. That's where we do all of our orientation training. And anytime that we're getting together with, for any type of, you know, meeting, that's our host hotel. And, uh, not sure you if if you guys were listening when I said this, but when we decided to have the event this year, I just happened to mention it to them that we were going to have it, and 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 they said, well, why not have it here? And I said, we well, guys don't have enough room for us, you know. You barely have enough room for us to have a board meeting, you know. <laughs> they said, no, we'll take care of that. We'll take care of that. And by by George, they did. They they rented this. Um, I don't know if you can bring that picture up, Chris, but I'm they rented this uh, conference center. Beautiful place. And um, they took care of everything. They they took care of everything. Of course, we sold some hotel rooms for them that weekend. But um, you know, hats off and, and a lot of our appreciation to Wingate by Wyndham um, people there, Michael and Christy. They um, they really treat us well. I apologize in advance for my voice tonight. I I actually talked. I used all my voice up last weekend, and I've been all week trying to get it back, and it hasn't quite come back to me. So. I don't have the normal um, uh, volume and tenor that I normally do, but uh, we'll get through it. So, but I, I uh, talked from eight o'clock in the morning on, well, Friday night, we, you know, we did our normal thing. Then eight o'clock Saturday morning until almost 11 o'clock Saturday night and then eight to five on Sunday. So I just used up all of my vocal cords. So they're just, they're gone. So, but um also, I remember that our podcast is sponsored in part, well, in full, part sponsored in full by Pittsburgh Power and their OPS and Max Mileage products. Uh, we thank them for that. We are um, authorized distributors of those products, and they're on our website at uh, www.blueribbonlogistics.com. You can purchase um, those items, and we'll ship them to you. Uh, we also have a commemorative T-shirt from the weekend that we have a few left over that are on the website. So if you've always dreamt of having a lunatic T-shirt so you can brag about your membership in our club, um, there's a few left over on the website um, in different colors and sizes. And you can browse there and look for those if you want to as well. So <clears throat> I'm uh, producing on the fly here, so I'm almost done. So, um well, let's just start at Friday. So Friday, we, we had the podcast. Well, actually, let, let's do a little inside baseball here. So Thursday, uh, we got there, 
And if you go back to, I think it was about April or May, I had, after uh, Wingate made this proposal, I'm like, well, let me run up here to this conference center and I'll have a look. And I talked to this young lady and she said, absolutely. And here's what we'll do. We'll do this and we'll do that. And I thought, well, that's great. So June comes around and I texted her and I said, hey, Larry's going to be in town and he would love to come by and see that conference center. And she's like, well, unfortunately I was let go and uh, I'm not working there anymore. And I'm like, okay. Oh, <laughs> I said, um, well, I need somebody to talk to. So she gave me the name of the director and I reached out to him and it wasn't long until I figured out she was very shocked, uh, by her firing. Uh, we are not shocked by her firing. <laughs> uh, I don't think there's anybody in the state of West Virginia that is shocked by her firing, uh, because as the director found out, uh, she had told, made all these promises to all these people about who was going to, we we're going to come in and t didn't write anything down. So when I called Justin and I'm like, Hey man, so we're having an event. And he was like, I know nothing about this event. Um, so we shared the building with the honor <laughs> championship world wrestling federation. Yep, <laughs> they literally. Just Justin, is there going to be a, a pretty rowdy crowd there on Saturday night? Yeah, because because we're going to have the advanced business practices on Saturday night, and and so you know he said, look, I've got you take care of, got I've got you in the calendar, everything's good to go, and I'm like, all right, and so then I, I texted him and I'm like, so we're going to have this advanced practice or advanced business class on Saturday night, and he was like, where? I'm like, there. And he was like, well, I'm going to have to put you somewhere else because there's going to be a really rowdy. All he said was rowdy and obnoxious. And I'm like, who is the world rowdy and obnoxious? And who could be more rowdy and obnoxious than a bunch of truck drivers, right? Right. Boy, well, we come to find out. Boy, were I mean, we wrong? I walked in that place Thursday morning. I was on the phone with Zeke. And I walk in, and it's WWF everywhere. Yes. And, I, and I said, and I quote, Larry's going to shit a brick when he gets here because this, this place was run by this, this wrestling bunch. And the, and so this, this giant ballroom, I guess you can, is divided up into three sections. Well, two of them are taken up with the, the, the mat and the, and the, and everything that you think would be in a wrestling. It's a, it's a boxing ring. Yeah. You know, so, um, they had, you know, they had other people. So using his, his, masterful power of uh negotiation larry was able to to move some things around and uh because we i mean y'all we were a nervous wreck going into this thing like how in the world are we gonna make this happen but we got it situated we got it all settled uh you know we didn't have any conflict or confrontation with the wrestling people they were actually really nice people they were. Uh, except that one guy that kept you know i'm we're in the middle of it larry's up there talking and i hear rip rip Rip, what the hell? And this dude's over goddamn duct tape and he's trying to take down some wire. I was about ready to take that duct tape away from him. So um anyway, we get through that, we get through that hurdle. We go Friday, everybody comes in. We had a great time at the bar. Um uh did the podcast, got through that unscathed. Saturday morning, everybody comes in. We did eight to five and it went really well. I, I think the one last year went well. This one was even better. We had a much, much larger room. Um, yeah. But, you know, it was, it was, and I, and I felt like people were getting something out of it. You know, I felt, I really feel like they were, we were getting through because um, we had all kinds of different people there, you know, and of course we had Carl and Rocky out in the parking lot 
you know, uh, Frank Miller was our photographer and I think Wednesday he's supposed to delete. He think he took like 10,000 pictures. Um, <laughs> something crazy. So we, we, we're expect, I got a little bit of a photo dump here and I'm about to put that together for you and I'll be able to put it up here on the screen. Also, uh, one of our attendees, Niven Williams, who we, we go way back. He actually was, um, one of our first truck owners way back when, but he was in attendance and he did a little video it was very, very nice. We we'll put that on the website too. Um, but he did a super good job on the, on that. Thanks Niven for, for oh, that. Yeah. Uh, his, his YouTube uh, channel, by the way, is Smooth Operator. Um, go to his YouTube channel. He's he's he started his um, his uh, trek through becoming a Landstar BCO, and he's, you can follow his um, you know his journey through doing that. Nice guy, and uh, he also um, did this video. He interviewed me at the truck show in March. Uh, that's probably there too. So uh, check check him out and like and like and subscribe to uh, Smooth Operator uh, on YouTube. And how about like and subscribe to uh, Blue Ribbon? Uh, it always helps us there too. So appreciate that. <clears throat> okay. We're about to have some pictures. So y'all get ready. And it's processing. Processing. There we go. Add to stream. All right. Here we go. Let me turn that. Uh... So this here was, uh... this was the room. Uh, it was a very, very nice setup. This place is very nice. Um, but uh, on Wednesday, we'll probably put some stuff up on the Facebook page so everybody can see it. But, you know, we just, we had a really nice, and this, the, the Justin, the director at Putnam County um, Parks and Recreation just knocked it out of the park. Um, he he really, he really did a fan. Everybody did. The hotel did. Uh, the conference center did. <clears throat> there's a rowdy looking crew that's most all but two of the blue ribbon people um the blue ribbon employee drivers yeah blue ribbon <clears throat> employee drivers um but yeah we we really had a good time I, I was really really happy with how it all went um you know because we've got the great purge coming as we're as we're being told it, it's even has a name now on twitter the great purge and um um, uh, you want to go in, you want to go in and talk about that a little bit? Cause I've got that freight waves article up. Sure. Um, if you want to talk, well, about that's, that. what the, that's what the whole reset was about was how to get through the great purge. So, uh, and we talked a lot about cost per mile, a lot about cost per mile. And I think this uh, is pretty, um, the revelations that came out of this article, I think are pretty, pretty interesting. So, so Rachel put this out on Twitter the other day. And, uh, and there it was, I was in, I was really encouraged because on their Facebook page, they were absolutely getting slaughtered in the comments. Um, it was, um, well, let me, let me just read a little bit of it. Um, talking about, uh, cause the, of course the headline three trucking veterans reveal why they closed their businesses amid the great purge. Well, we find out that right. this is that by the way is that them right there those three guys walking is that them uh it could be um it could be the one guy that that got the most um it, it had the most interesting um it says back in 2018 when trucking was red hot texas native mike mike dow got famous just for a moment 
An article in the Washington Post featured his insights on why companies were struggling to retain truckers. Dow was confident as ever. That year, he and his brother founded their own truck company. Okay, so 2018, they founded their company. He told the Post reporter he was planning on bringing in a serious salary up to $120,000. Turned out to be a modest estimate. In 2021 alone, Dow grossed $375,000, thanks in part to retail's wild uptick. Retail sales grew by 14% in 2021. Uh, when you run your own business, it's a 24-hour-a-day job, Dow told FreightWaves. It consumes your life. Business slowed down. Uh, spot rates for drive-in, which is what Dow Brothers Transportation specialized in, which is what we do, uh, declined by 24% from the beginning of the year to the week of July 17th, according to data from loadboardtruckstop.com. Expenses, meanwhile, soared. Here's the line. <laughs> The break-even cost to run a truck in 2022 is $3.27 per mile. Wow. That's what set everybody off uh, that, that started just, just absolutely destroying them in their comment section. Uh, what's our, what, what, what would you say our cost per mile uh, mm. to operate a truck is right now? It would be between uh, probably a buck 25 and a buck 50. A buck twenty-five and a buck fifty. Yeah. But Larry, this this article in this publication says it's three dollars and twenty-five cents. How can that be? Well, I don't know. Maybe we just don't know what the hell we're doing. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, I don't. I don't claim to be a, a genius. <clears throat> uh, oh, I will the, tell you this. Uh, I did some research today on our business. Our business is exactly double what it was last year. We're exactly double in revenue. Last year, our fuel as a ratio of revenue is 23%. This year, it's 19%. From 23 to 19. Is that what you said? Yep. So fuel is down 4%. As a percentage of revenue. Interesting. Um, now, now let, me, let me say this. We, I just did my fuel shame report for last week. And every one of our trucks, every one of our trucks, operated at less than the fuel surcharge and some of them were in the fifties. So there's the reason why that that number has gone from 23 to 19 is, you know, because of the efforts that we have in coaching our people to buy the fuel at the right price, only when it's on sale, obviously improving our fuel mileage, those go hand in hand, but one doesn't work without the other. We've in effect dropped our percentages by 4% and on double the revenue. So, um, and, and the only thing you can credit that to is just our guys using the Landstar one app and buying the fuel at the lowest possible price, you yeah. cause we've got guys that could get the best fuel mileage, but their cost the fuel cost from, I would still be above the fuel surcharge. So until we worked on both sides of that and make sure that we are uh, not just getting good fuel mileage, but buying fuel at the cheapest price. We lowered that fuel uh, that fuel cost per mile, so now we're in the fifties and sixties. I think the, the the average was sixty four cents, and um, and the fuel surcharge last week was seventy two cents. John was asking, did you see a breakdown of their numbers? No, there was not a breakdown. They, they listed a guy that's you know has been in business since uh, nineteen eighty one, and he says fuel has to come down to three dollars a gallon to survive. Um, sure. Well, then how did he survive before it was $3 a gallon? I mean, um, you know, 
I'm I'm seeing the crunch. I mean, I've seen it over the last 90 days. Um, it is harder. It's more, it, it takes more work for me to find the loads that I need to find. I'm dispatching right now for eight trucks, you know, um, I booked, I don't know, it was 14 or 16 loads in one day. Um, but I'm booking them ahead of time, you know, now when I've got to find a load today, you know, I had a driver that had a little bit of a breakdown issue. And so I couldn't book him a load until I was sure he was going to deliver on Friday. And I think it was, uh, Oh, what was it? It was, it was like 15 to three. And I booked a load. It was 120 miles away. And I texted him and I said, go and go now. You're 120 miles away. They close at five. Load paid $2,000 for 285 miles. So that's that's the quintessential four o'clock hustle, you know. And I found him a load at the last minute. Um, but, you know, yeah, it's, it's, it's challenging. But as Larry said, when, where's my BSC 9000? When you get the BSE 9000 out and you start to realize the, the, the fuel surcharge at Landstar anyway, the fuel surcharge is paying for the fuel, every penny of it. If you're driving the truck, right. If you're buying the fuel at the right place, um, you know, it, it's, it's not rocket science. It is difficult. It is, it is hard. I mean, it's definitely harder now than it was a year ago, but, um, we're still, even with the ups and downs and people being off and, you know, having trucks that we had the 4th of July, and then we had the event two weeks later, we're still hitting 85, 90% of our goals. Um, you know, so we're about 83% for the year. Okay. So, um, I, I brought this up at the event and I think some, I don't know if it, people really understood it or really believed it, but I pointed out to them that at Landstar, well, anywhere in the spot market, there is no fuel surcharge. Right. Okay. We don't really get fuel surcharge at Landstar unless you're hauling contract freight. At, at Landstar, fuel surcharge is just a built-in adjustment. They're using the EIA number uh, as uh, to, 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 to reference it. But it's just a built-in market adjustment to move more of the money away from line haul into fuel surcharge as, an, as a market adjustment. That's all it is. Yep. So it, you know, if, if people misunderstand this fuel surcharge and act like it's some entitlement, I mean, it is, it's simply at Landstar, a perk, you know, now I'm here with the company haters, you know, uh, <laughs> listen, I'm wearing a blue shirt. I don't have blue tinted glasses. And, you know, I, we've said many, many times Landstar is the only place I would ever have my fleet, but you know, it, it, they're still a company. They're still a business. They still do business things that I think are stupid, but that's not one of them. Okay. That's an ingenious way of, 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 of um, you know, having the, 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 the system automatically adjust for the market, you know. And um, obviously it's driven by fuel prices, which that is what's, that's what's making the market adjustment right now anyway. So, um, but we went through that extensively and I don't know how many people I convinced. Um, but um you know, there's a couple people there that have authority. They understand <laughs> that there's no fuel surcharge in the in the spot market. Uh, but the, but Landstar drivers, they don't. They they you know they think that they're you know there's a guy today on Facebook. Plus his daughter, you know, uh, he's had to sit all weekend at some place because there's nobody at Landstar that would help him over the weekend. 
he tried to deliver a load or something and you, they were closed and, and he was complaining because nobody at Landstar could help him. Oh, he had said all weekend, nobody could help him. And I thought to myself, well, if you understood your relationship with Landstar, why would you expect that somebody there would help you? You know, first of all, he never called the agent. He never tried to do, he didn't do anything to problem solve his own situation, except continually call Landstar and bitch on Facebook if that nobody would answer the phone over the weekend. So, but anyway, I digress. I did find a line in this, in this article, um, talking about this, uh, Mike Dow. And, and he says, uh, it's, he still owed money on his truck and he couldn't make the monthly payments. The only way to keep the company, it seemed was to take out a second mortgage on his home. He didn't want to do that. The price for a typical used truck doubled and even tripled over 2021. Unusually high truck payments were fine when matched with ultra high spot rates. But the mm-hmm. crash in those rates, along with the increase in price of everything else, have left some truckers scrambling. Well, it ain't left us scrambling because we ain't got no truck payments. Well, and, and we, we said this. If you, if you came in at the top of the market and your business model is based on you're making a truck payment based on the, 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 the profit that you made at the top of the market, how can you possibly expect to survive the cycle? You know? It, it's, there's not, there's nothing trucking about that. That's just business. You know, everybody understands the stock market. You buy low and sell high. If you come into the, the, the best year in the record, in the history of trucking. Okay. And you buy a truck that's triple now what it was worth two years ago. And you base your ability to pay that note on rates that were the highest they've been in history. What did you think was going to happen when things normalized? I mean, that's not difficult, is it? That hard to figure out? You know, even Dave Ramsey says, just because you can afford the payment doesn't mean you can afford it. And the problem we have is that, yeah, they can make the payment as long as everything goes perfectly. What happens the first time something doesn't go, go perfectly? What happens in the first time you have a breakdown? I mean, how many, how many stories have we seen on Facebook where somebody has a breakdown and now they've got to give their, you know, they've got to give their truck back, which basically means repossession. That's just a, 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 a naive term for uh, repossession uh, because now they can't sustain their business model through a hiccup. Um, so John found... Uh, John Reynoldson found the, this is truckstop.com. Uh, this 327 a mile break even cost per mile. Let's break it down, shall we? That's Fuel true. cost 73 cents. Okay. Well, we've got that's, that beat. That's about right. <clears throat> Truck insurance. That's a part of our, uh, uh, we pay, insurance about, we and, pay about one or two cents a mile. Yeah. And, and the, and the, uh, uh, I don't know if this includes cargo liability, but of course that's covered by Landstar equipment and maintenance, 57 cents. What's our maintenance? 15 cents, but that equipment cost is probably including the truck price. Probably tires, mm-hmm. four cents wages, a dollar 16. So. Our guys are getting 25%. So what would that one? 16 divided by, that'd be 
$4.64 at 25%. I, I don't know. What, the problem is they don't have, I went through all through this. I don't see, okay, well, how many miles, you know, are you, are you, because this is an advertisement, what this is, you know, or where, where can you begin? Sign up for truckstop.com and we'll fix you. Um, I don't know where a dollar 16 in wages came from. Um, I mean, hell, I, I, there were lots of times I made close to a dollar, uh, as it is a BCO, uh, you know, or, um, as a driver for a blue ribbon. Um, well, how many, how many play, how many people make a buck 16 a mile as a company driver? Yeah, I, I can't benefits 26 cents. Well, I mean, here's the thing where I feel like this is, was it, was it George W. Bush that said fuzzy math? Mm-hmm. This is fuzzy math because number one, yeah. Who's paying a driver a dollar 16 a mile. I mean, I know some guys that are probably making 75 or 80, but this is supposed to be the cost it takes to operate a truck. Okay. Well, you're advertising this on truckstop.com telling drivers to sign up for truckstop.com and we'll help you with this 327. Well, uh, benefits 26, how many miles, how many miles is this 327? Um, because, okay, well you run a hundred thousand miles times 0. 0.26, $26,000. It'd be about 2000 miles a week. Well, my guess would be. Okay. So I did a hundred thousand miles. So that's $2,100 a month for benefits. Um, administration, 37 cents a mile. I mean, this, this is so much of this is just nonsense. Um, and it says up from, oh, where was that? Up from 216 in 2021. Um, I'm sorry, guys. The only thing that has gone up is parts and fuel. The, the labor rate's the same. Parts have gone up, not double. Uh, I've seen some parts go up double, but. Um, well, if but, you got your authority, truck insurance has gone up. Something significantly. Yeah, but they've got that at 11 cents. I mean, that's 100,000 times 0. 0.11, $11,000 for insurance if you're if you're paying it all. Um, and I mean, what idiot uh, that has an authority is paying himself $1.16? Well, know, we, I, we know from the fact that there was a couple of authority guys at an event, they're telling us they were paying 17000 for insurance after the first year. <clears throat> yeah. So I don't know. They're, they're just some, you know, of course I'm so cynical. I just, I just can't leave anything alone. I can't, I can't not question everything that I see, but this is just horse shit. Um, there's no way, uh, because we've already said our fuel cost is probably 65 averaged out right now. Yeah. 64. Yeah. And, uh, of course insurance is a couple pennies permits, 200 bucks a year. Equipment and maintenance. We got no truck payment. So our, our cost of maintenance is 15 cents. So we've already saved 49. We've already saved about 75. And then there's no way we're paying the driver a dollar 16 a mile. That's nonsense. Um, our tires are probably a couple cents rather than four. Uh, no benefits. Um, and then administration, you know, well, that you could call that would be Landstar's percentage. I guess you could. I don't know. It's just, it don't cost us that much to operate a damn truck. Nope. Uh, 
Oh, I think we lost uh, Chris. So I guess you're stuck with me. So, um, yeah. He's back. He's back. I was getting ready to start singing and dancing. Yeah, I don't know what happened. It just went away. Um, West Virginia internet. I guess so. Um, you know, but you know, uh, we we had a driver interview just before we we came on a, on the air, and um, we have never ever once advertised the Blue Ribbon program as a job. It's not a job. It's an opportunity for you to come and learn the habits that it takes to be a successful business person without the risk of being in business. Um, now up until, uh, this ridiculous market, our, our pay was at the top or better than the top. Now, of course, you know, in, in this crazy market, I'm, I'm sure people are probably making more, uh, but that's not why you're here. You're not here to have a job. You're not even here to earn a paycheck. You get a paycheck, but you're here to learn an intensive, intensive master's program on trucking and business, mainly business, um, so that when you go to get in your own truck, you turn the ignition off on ours, you turn the ignition on in your own, you change the destination of the receipts, and you reroute the money into your own pocket. And we teach you not to have $3.27 cost per mile. That's the whole reason we're here is to show you how to operate at a very, very low cost per mile so you can maximize profit. And then if you just run instead of pulling back and doing half the number of loads because you can make as much money as you did before, uh, then you've got the the nest egg for um, either early retirement or to um, survive the next market adjustment, you know. Because uh, if you get cash, it doesn't really matter. Okay. Right. Um, the people that don't have, they have a problem with market adjustment is because they're fully leveraged. That's the problem, you know, and they, no, can, they can no longer support, you know, their business model. Because um, everybody gets in this business with no cash and no credit. Uh, the, uh, the, the predatory per, lease purchase or predatory financing is the way most people get into it. And, um, and they don't, they don't prepare themselves to be in business. They just do it because that's what they want to do. They want to drive a new truck and, and work for themselves. Yep. So, um, something well, came up. Go ahead. Something came up at the event this weekend and it came up sort of humorously, but it, in a way it kind of, it kind of illustrated again, something that we do here. Cause we had some people that came to the, uh, and we, and we get this, we get this, these phone calls, you know, we want you're this, you're, you're a guy, you guys are doing 10, 12, 15,000 a week in your trucks. We want to get a hold of that freight. We want you to dispatch us. We want, where is this freight? You know, magic so they freight. came up this weekend. We, we, we jokingly referred to it as magic freight. Where's the magic freight. And, um, the bottom line is, and, and I, we, we gave an, I gave an extensive example about cost per mile and I used one of the weeks that we had, uh, our drivers and, um, 
you know, at the end of the, at the end of the, the, the illustration, I said, these are loads that Chris got off the load board. Every one of these loads came off the load board. They weren't, they weren't secret freight. They weren't hands, uh, um, um, secret handshakes and under, under desk dealings and, and people calling us and giving us freight that's on the board. Every, you put together a $12,984 tour for one of our drivers with just ordinary off the load board freight, nothing special. Uh, you coached him through how to have the hours to run it. At the end of the day, he did it successfully. And so people call and they want us to dispatch them. But here's the problem. You know, they have the same access to that freight as we do. No different. The yep. difference is they're not willing to drive the miles. And they don't know how to drive the miles when things go, go wrong. Or they have able. no ability to recover. Or what? Or able to run the miles. Or able, yeah. So what makes what we do so different is that we teach you time management. We teach you efficiency. And we teach you how to make the most with what you got. It's not special freight. But you can't come here and go, well, I want to make that 12,900. But now I only want to drive between I-40 and I-20. You know, mm -hmm. I don't want to go on I-95. I don't want to go, you know, all these restrictions that you put on yourself. I don't want to haul anything over 30,000 pounds. You know, I don't want to go through Pennsylvania. Well, I'm sorry, but that's what you have to do to make the kind of money that we, that we make here is you have to do, you know, our, the only thing that makes us different is that we go to, we go where other people won't because that's where the money yep. is, you know? Um, and there's nothing magic about that. The only magic about it is that having the skills and having the desire to be able to book those loads far enough advance where you can get that freight and then having the, the discipline and the necessary skills to be able to drive the freight, even if you have a problem with somebody holding you over, uh, being detained, or uh, these the things that happen every day. You know, we have those things happen too. Yeah, we overcome those, and we don't throw the baby out with the bathwater. We're able to recover from that and continue on. You know, every one of our dispatch clients are here, and they pay us a percentage of what they make because of our ability to do that for them. I had a, one of the mentoring guys called me Saturday and I had to, I had to do some trip planning ninja for him. And he goes, you know, you're the Sheldon Cooper of the trucking industry. <clears throat> now, if you don't know who Sheldon Cooper is, he's the, uh, like autistic guy on big bang theory. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and I said, well, I'm going to go ahead and take that as a compliment. Cause I love Sheldon Cooper. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> but guys, it's just math. I mean, that was, that was the whole point of my presentation that I did at the event. It's just math. Where are you? How many miles do you have to go? How long is it going to take you to drive that? Do you have to take a break, add the time together? And that's when you're going to be there. But if you don't do the math, then <clears throat> it's not going to work. Well, and the other part of it though, is the time management, you know, not wasting your 70 hours. Not yep. staying on duty when you could be off duty, not doing, you know, not, not paying attention to how many minutes you give away every week that are not productive, you know, turning yep. those into productive minutes, you know, is the key to it. You know, um, the, the analogy I used at the event was if you had a store, you know, and the, 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 the rules were that your store could only be open 70 hours a week. 
no matter who came to the door and how much money they wanted to give you at 70 hours, you had to turn the customer away. Mm-hmm. And so just, you know, again, just preserving those minutes, those little minutes here and there. Uh, we use the analogy all weekend about picking up pennies. It's the same for those minutes, not wasting those minutes. And uh, at the end of the week, those account add up to the difference between you making another load or not, you know, so. <clears throat> I, know, when, I, I gave this example when, when I was with Anderson 2011, 12, 13, and it was all specialized freight. It was either, you know, it was in a van, it was pad wrap stuff, household goods, or when I was in flatbed, it was oversized. There was a lot of sitting, a lot of sitting. So, man, I had an Xbox, I had a flat screen TV, I had, you know, I had stuff to occupy myself with because someone else was managing my time and there was a lot of wasted time and I would just be sitting there twiddling my thumbs. When I came to Landstar, all that stuff stayed at the house because I now had control of how much I could work and when I could work and when the load picked up, you know, and so I would start putting loads together that I would drive and then I would sleep and I would drive and I would sleep and then I would come home. You know, um, and so I'm sure that realization hit me and I'm like, well, you know, probably people aren't really used to running 3,500 miles between restarts, you know, um, we, we, somebody's like, oh, you know, if I only do 8.75 hours a day, I'll never run out of hours. I'm like, yeah, you won't make any money either. That's what we're here, you know? Um, and, and of course we've talked so many times about people come to Landstar and they think, oh, I have absolute control now. So I'll run 1.7 loads a week. And in this market, you, you could make a decent profit, uh, not enough to survive when it hits the fan. Um, you know, and I get, look, the old guys that are on, like on Facebook, they've been around forever. And cause all that, uh, what you call that thing? They just put on Landstar online that, um, analytics, the analytics. <clears throat> well, there were guys on Facebook were comparing their numbers. And, you know, like, well, hey, I've run 40,000 miles this year. And I'm thinking, absolutely, that's eventually the goal. Sure. But you can't do that in the first three to five years of building a new business. You can't do that like, well, like your, your plumber guy, right? Your plumber. Mm-hmm. I mean, that guy has established his business over years that he probably don't have to work 40 or 50 hours a week if he don't want to you know he can work when he wants to work but now is the time you have a brand new business and it is on very very shaky ground and it's always amused me well it's amused me since i came here in the in the predicament that i was in i didn't have a choice but to just run my ass off or i was or i wasn't gonna survive right um, and people come here and they're broke. They're so broke. They can't pay attention, but buddy, they're going to take that vacation and, oh, well, I got to go do this. I'm like, you, you're broke. You know where you need to go when you're broke to work. Don't talk, don't talk to me about going home. You're broke. Go home when you got money right now. You ain't got no money. Cause you're broke. You know, now mm-hmm. I'm not going to, I'm not going to put a gun to anybody's head and tell them what, you know, you want to go home, go home, but don't complain that you haven't got your debts paid off and don't complain that you don't have enough money and don't complain about this and complain about that. When you're going on all these vacations, when you don't have the money to go on vacation, you're broke, broke. You people know, don't do that. 
when my family was in the dry cleaning business, we hired a lot of minimum wage employees in that industry. Mm. And it always amazed me the first time that something went wrong in somebody's life, the first thing they would do is come to me and tell me they need to take off. And I'd kind of ask what's going on. And it'd be something like, well, I've got to go do this or I got to go. And I'm like, why don't you do that? You know, on, on the weekends when you're off, why, why are you, the, the problem you have is got, it got to do with the fact that you need the money. Yet the first thing you want to do to solve that is to stop making money <laughs> and take off and go do it. Why don't you do that when you're, when you're not working? And, uh, it's the same thing here. It's looking good is more important than, than being, you know, being, uh, secure in business. You know, uh, it's, it's more important for a lot of people to have a new truck. You know, because it it makes them feel good. It it they, they can show everybody how successful they are. You know, and you've heard me say over and over again. I wish I could get a meter on the side of a truck that would tell everybody how many years it's been since you filed a tax return. Mm-hmm. You know, how many uh, child support payments you've missed. You know, and all the other things, all the other deadbeat things that 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 person probably is doing, but that truck looks good. You know. Uh, it's not about how you look, you know, um, you know, always back in the early days when the haters would come out, you know, and, and when, when, here's, here's how, you, here's how I resolve most of those conversations. I'll bring my bank account statement. You bring yours <laughs> and we'll see which one of us is talking shit, which one of us is not. Okay. So, you know, looks can be deceiving, you know? Well, I cannot leave a hornet's nest unkicked. And um, so I kicked one on Facebook the other day and one of the uh, no, I know. I don't know why you it it makes me crazy because you enjoy that and I'm <laughs> like, Why? Why are you putting yourself through all this? Okay. So I just shake my head. I'm like, oh, that's 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 what he has to have. You know, if I put him in a little cage over here, if I could just feed him some Facebook controversy once a day, he'd be happy. So well, I, I just, it, I find it, I'm a studier of people, right? I study behavior and I find it interesting that people will tell me or they'll, they will proclaim, they'll make proclamations about, you know, their do not haul lists and, but they can't tell me what their 90 day fuel economy is. They can't tell me what their cost per mile is. Well, they you can know, tell you why it's not important. Oh, right. And that was the response. Now, when you look at the big picture, if you look at the reactions to that post, um, there was, uh, you know, I don't know, five or six of the trolls that jumped in and, you know, tried their best to hurt my feelings. Um, uh, but the, the overall reaction to the post was positive. And of course, one thing that we always have to remember about social media is, um, there's a lot more people that read and do not, they don't like, they don't, comment they but but they read they see it because i've so many times someone has walked up to me and said well you know i i read all your stuff but they never interact for the same reason that you just said they don't want to get you know the majority of people do not participate because they they don't don't want to they don't want to deal with the the trolls they don't want to jump in the pool with a bunch of piranha and i and i get that um see I, i i have to stay out i my my weekly rants were result were were a result of me trying to get involved in that shit, 
And uh, I, I finally just said, it's just not worth it. I, my time is uh, worth a lot more than all this, all this stuff. So I, I don't get involved. I don't spend a lot of time in it. I just looked over there I, and I went, oh, there's a hornet's nest that needs kicked. And let me just go ahead and kick it. And then I, uh, I, I had all of about 10 minutes involved in it. Um, and then, uh, and then, and then here comes the, the, uh, well, who's Chris Polk and who, and then oh, yeah. who's Larry, you know? Yeah. So it, and here it comes, you know, well, that's the, that's the great thing about if you don't, if you don't like what we do or what we say, you don't have to do it. You know, now there's a, there is a percentage chance. There's a measurable statistical probability that we'll still be in business and you won't. And that's okay. Oh, um, <laughs> <high> probability. <laughs> um, We'll but, you still know, here's be in the, business. but here's the thing, and, and, and you and I are different in this regard. You're very, very, very public, and you're all very in your face, and I'm just the odd. Now, I can get that way, but I, that's not my first, you know, that's not my first approach, you know. I'm a, I'm a like, let, let me, instead of me talking, let me let my actions just, just prove it, you know. Uh, you like to kind of put it out there and rub it and all that sort of stuff, and uh, not, that, not that one's right and one's wrong. We just have different personalities, but but that's what makes us good. If we we're not listen, we're we're really nothing the same. The thing the same about us is that we both understand that uh, what it takes to stay in business, you know. Um, but uh, anyway, um, the, the thing about the cost per mile is the, the point you were trying to make is that in any other business. There's no other business where you could sell something and you're, and we, we're in the sales business here. We sell service. Okay. Mm -hmm. We sell those 70 hours is what we sell. Okay. That's all we have to sell is those 70 hours in any other business. You cannot sell something. You don't know your cost is. Okay. You can, but likely you won't stay in business very long because if you don't know what your cost is, you don't know what to charge. But yet in this industry, we sell every day, every mile we drive and not realize how much it costs us to drive that mile. And that's the number one problem. That and we have over um, 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 too much risk. We, there, the, the, there's too much uh, risk assumed to get in this business. It's so easy to get in by mm-hmm. signing a few papers that, yep. and nobody reads them, that now you're over leveraged. Okay, you're undercapitalized, over Get out of trucking and get into a boardroom with any other business, and you mention over leverage, undercapitalized, and not knowing your cost of goods, they'll laugh you out of the building. But yet in this industry, it's just I don't, yeah, I don't need to know that shit. If I need to know about that, I'm, I'm just not. I need to get more rate or whatever. But so, so they end up going out of business and have no idea why. The difference between them and you is that you accepted accountability and finally said, you know what? It's probably me that's screwing this deal up. They're not going to do that. You know, they'll come back, you know, they'll, they'll chameleon and come back in a couple of years, you know, and start and do it all over again. And then the cycle right back out again, because they didn't learn anything, you know? So, um, so there's been this, uh, trend that's been going on TikTok for the last week or so about, here's all the things that I wouldn't do. Right. And it's an ICU nurse or it's, uh, somebody doing something, you know, based on their experience. Right. Well, I'm an ICU nurse, so I'm never going to get on a motorcycle. 
Um, and I see you nurse. I'm never going to jump into a pool of water that I don't know what's there and what's at the bottom because they've obviously seen the worst, right? They've seen the absolute worst that can happen to somebody right? from a motorcycle wreck from diving into. And, and I mean, you, the TikTok is littered with people who are like, well, you know, I'm paralyzed. And, uh, cause I jumped in a pool or I jumped in a lake or I jumped in a river and I hit my head on the bottom and now I'm paralyzed from the neck down. Um, but there was this, this one, uh, there's a guy named attorney Christmas. He's from Knoxville. So he's got that Knoxville accent and, uh, and he did one. And here's all the things that I would not do as an attorney. And one that I know you would love is right at the very end. He said, I would absolutely not ever. Never will I ever sign my name to a document that I have not read every single word of it. You know, um, no truck ever said that. (laughs) Yeah. But here's an attorney that's going, never would I do this or that. I would not. He said, here, this is a good one. If I'm in an accident, I'm going to take pictures and video unless my arms have been lipped, uh, ripped off and I'm laying on the ground, bleeding out and I'm completely incapacitated. I'm going to take pictures and video of everything that I see. If a chandelier falls on my head in home Depot, I'm going to video everything that happens. But of course we don't, that's that whole documentation thing. If it ain't wrote down, it did not happen. You know, um, you know what this is? Hmm. This is 39 pages that every of the 14,000 BCOs here at Landstar signed. I will bet you a hundred thousand dollars. <laughs> I ain't taking that bet. That a thousand, uh, that 13,000 of those never read one word of this. Mm-mm. And you know how Long I know? Chance. You know how I know? Because everything that people ask on Facebook is in this document right here. Everything. And yet, and this one is, listen, the ones you signed to, to at least purchase a truck, that has a $150,000, $250,000, you know, um, debt that goes with it. This not, they just kick your ass out. They start violating this one. Mm-hmm. Well, this is a good segue because we've got a question here about AB5. We we have talked <clears throat> we have talked about AB5. Um, I don't know. I'm not privy to the conversations, but uh, people have been now posting in the last 36 hours that Landstar's making phone calls, and one guy had said uh, basically he was going to have to move. Um, that Landstar had told him, you know, that he couldn't live in California and be a BCO. So he's like, so his response was, well, I guess I'm going to go get an authority and become an approved carrier for, for Landstar. Okay. Now the comment section was filled with what I would say, which was, well, go over to Nevada and register your business over there. Um, or register it in Florida or register it somewhere. Um, this is a paperwork problem. Um, and there was a clip and it was played by the no agenda. So I think it was NPR. Um, but they talked to someone about this AB about the Supreme court refusing to hear the case. Um, and said that 90% of the trucks going in and out of the ports were independent contractors. Um, well, you know, who, who wants to control every inch of that port? The unions, the Teamsters. And, um, you know, look, this goes back for me more than a decade. I don't know who taught me this and I would credit him if I knew, but 
the, the question you always have to ask is who benefits whenever there's a law passed, whenever there's some big story in the news, just got to ask yourself who benefits. Um, so this, you know, this can be solved by, uh, paperwork. You just register your business in another state. You can move. I mean, I don't know why you'd still be living in California at this point. Uh, of course he said it well, family and yeah, I get that. Um, but they, well, they, but there was one guy that said he, he owns trucks and has company drivers and he uses contractors, owner operators for his overflow. Right. And he said, I, I can't take possession of these guys' trucks. They own the truck. I can't just poof and make them an employee. Uh, but of course that's what the Teamsters are after. They, they probably want the state to come in and, and pay for, buy all these guys' trucks. Um, and then I'm sure, I'm sure they'll create some mafia entity that'll own all the trucks and then they can just turn all the drivers into slaves. I mean, employees and, uh, and then they're happy and they'll get their union dues and, and everything will be, will be rosy. Now, you know, but because it's California, who, who know, I mean, California has a long history of making some very stupid decisions. Okay. And then 100%. they're proud of those decisions. They just, and they force everybody to just live with them. And so, yeah. um, I, you know, obviously, uh, I almost sound like a trucker here, <laughs> but, uh, if that stuff doesn't get off those boats, you know, it's only going to take a while to figure out that this is, we're going to have to move this stuff. Now, um, well, I'm, I'm on the record. I think, I think they're going, I think there's going to be an effort made for trucking to be excluded from the AB five. I think that's what's going on right now. That's why they waited till it got enacted before they did it. I'm not sure. Now everybody's up in arms and everybody's trying to get, you know, and even the politicians and they're getting involved trying to see if we can get, isn't there a, a stay of execution on it? Isn't there an injunction? No, there was, but that was ended when the black robe wizards wouldn't hear the case. Okay. Well, um, I don't know. You know, uh, I don't live in California. I'll never live in California. If I had to live in California, I'd just go ahead and jump in the water and, you know, I just wouldn't do it. Um, I think we've, I think we're building the, the wall in the wrong spot. You know, I think we should build the wall along the Nevada border and, um, <coughs> It's just my personal opinion. Well, I have long been on the record that I do not support um, acts of violence like shutting down a highway or, um, you know, it's just, number one, it's dumb and it doesn't work. Um, and, and it is an act of violence. When you're trying to restrict someone's freedom of movement and travel, you are an aggressor. However, in the, in the example of this port, um, these port guys have an opportunity. And all they need to do is shut that port down, uh, for about five days, I would say somewhere between three and six days. Um, and, uh, there will be an uprising in Sacramento and, uh, and things will start getting changed. So, you know, I, I don't, I don't advocate for that kind of stuff, but I can, I can look and do some math and figure out that if those guys get pissed off enough and they shut that port down, uh, things will start getting moved around and, in a, and you don't have fashion. to get, you don't have to get in a convoy and drive to DC to do it. Right. Right. So, right. Yeah, it um, wouldn't be real hard to do. So, no, yeah. you know, the other thing here is, is, is they're trying to, again, they're trying to legislate protection. 
you know, all these people that are, have these predatory lease purchases that they couldn't make a decision on their own not to buy them. The government's going to say, well, we'll fix that. You know, it's no longer allowed, you know. Um, well, let's not forget that the state of California is the reason this exists in the first place. When they came in with their clean air stuff and they made everybody's trucks illegal right. and all of a sudden guys had to go buy trucks that they couldn't afford and the predators were, were uh, circling at that point going, hey, well, I'll give you a truck here. Just sign on this piece of paper. I'll, I'll, man, I'll take care of you. Um, and, and so the, you know, once again, the state creates problems and then it's like, Oh, well, you didn't create that problem, but here's another solution. <laughs> Please stop. <laughs> I've had all your solutions I can handle. Yeah. Uh, now yeah. someone, someone had asked, maybe it was one of our guys that about AB five going federal. Was that one of our guys that asked? Yeah. That? Richie asked that. Yeah. I think that that has a 0.0% chance of happening. Um, there's not enough political capital and probably come November. Um, talking about a bloodbath. They tried it in New Jersey and it didn't, and it didn't, and it didn't go. It ain't going anywhere. And it's not, it's not going where it's, uh, it, listen, I, I may, I cannot explain anything in California. I mean, if you have, uh, if you're, if you elect, uh, what's that, what's that actor that was a governor? Oh, Schwarzenegger. I'll be back. If you're stupid enough to elect him your governor, you deserve everything that you get right there, okay? After they threw out Gray Davis. You know, that's how Schwarzenegger got elected when Gray Gray out, you know, had all the power problems. And Gray Davis got thrown out of office. And so they went from Gray Davis to Arnold Schwarzenegger. Um, I I, I can't explain the, the, the mindset. And the thinking of the of the Cal. I, first of all, I have trouble with any politician, but a California politician, that's a special breed of stupid. You have to look no further than Nancy Pelosi to find out exactly what I'm talking about. OK, well, there's one in Oregon. I just saw I skimmed the headline. I didn't dig into it. I was afraid I was going to get brain cancer if I read it. Um, but it was in Oregon and they are working on a plan to outlaw the sale of diesel fuel in whatever it was, the city, state, county, whatever, we're going to, we're going to, we're, we're so passionate about the earth. We're going to outlaw diesel fuel. Okay. Sweet thing. You go ahead and do that. Let me know how it works out for you. Um, you know, these trucks can drive a thousand miles on a full tank. So I think we could probably get in and get out without buying any of your diesel, you know, I just say, don't go period. Stop it. Stop in Vegas, leave the shit there. And have tell them to come get it if they want it. This will all be fixed. And go have fun at the casino and have some fun. Leave this shit out there on the highway. And then when they if, when they get tired of it, they'll change all this. Okay, it's not very hard to do. I'm a simple man. All right, yep. that's how I'd fix it. And I tell all of them to kiss my ass, every one of them. <laughs> so, so Andrew McGlynn says, "Hey, just joined Landstar as a driver, and I'm glad I found your content. Really valuable stuff. Well, Andrew, we're glad to have you." You ought to check out the Blue Ribbon Mentoring Program. Um, when you say driver, does that mean you're an operator for a well, BCO? Or are you a BCO, a new BCO? So clarify that, and we'll help you with the, uh, oh, no, he said stop in Vegas. Absolutely. Listen, I love Vegas. I used to go twice a year, and I, and I got in the trucking business. I haven't been, I've only been once in the last 11 years. So just an operator, not a BCO. Well, don't say just because that doesn't, that lowers your opinion to yourself. So, um, 
you 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 got a huge opportunity here. Uh, understand that. Um, well, man, uh, go to uh, go to episode forty nine and start. Okay, and uh, reach out to us. Yeah, reach out to us and let's let's talk. Okay, we we probably can help you out there a little bit. So, well, you know, Larry mm-hmm. had a well, you had a meeting right about uh, like a, a fleet owners association. I tried um, in yeah. Vegas. In Vegas. Yeah. Uh, oh, and by the way, eh, I better be careful there. One of the organizers of that event responded to your little hornet's nest you started up the other day. Oh, and he yeah. revealed to me how his true feelings about you and I. So he no longer is in my, uh, uh, let's say he's no longer in my circle of friends. Okay. Okay. So, um, well, I don't know how you'll ever go on without him. Oh, uh, well, yeah, I think it hurts for him more than it hurts me, but, um, I do um, some uh, for those of you that knew David Morales is another fleet owner here, Landstorm. Mm. We just found out this past weekend that David suffered um, um, a um, fatal. Um, what's the word, Chris? Episode about about, about with COVID. With COVID in January, and his wife, lovely wife Rose, who I know both of them very well from being at the CMC. Um, but anyway, I think she's selling the fleet and that sort of thing, but I really, really felt bad cause I didn't know. And yeah. I just wanted to let her, let you guys know in case y'all knew him, but he's, uh, he's no longer with us. So, <clears throat> um, old Nancy will be pissed when she, listen, um, her husband, uh, take care of that ice cream. Okay. That's not <laughs> Yeah, I think they've got enough money to work. Well, so I, I had another run-in with T.A. Petro today. I'd like to. Oh, you did. Yeah, we're buying a we're buying a platform trailer, and it's down in Brook, oh. <laughs> it's down in Brookhaven, Mississippi, and about an hour away is a Petro in Jackson, Mississippi, and we need to get a Landstar inspection on this. So I called there, and um, I said, "Hey, can you guys go do a on on site?" Landstar inspection, pre-lease inspection on a trailer. Well, the person answered the phone had to ask somebody else. And of course, their professionalism was not to use the whole button. But hey, can we do it? You know, and this went back and forth. <laughs> then that person had to ask somebody else. And finally, I got it. Finally, I got an answer. And they said, "Well, yeah, yeah, but we can't do it today." And I said, "Look, I really don't care when you do it. Just tell me if you'll do it." Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I said, "Well, what, what's it going to be?" And they said, "Well." They yelled back and forth a couple of times. It turned out it was going to be 120 bucks an hour and a buck 75 a mile plus inspection. And I said, well, okay. Then they came, then the person who they've been yelling at grabs the phone and goes, you know what? We can't do that because we have to detail that in our computer and we can't detail our computer for there. I said, so let me just, let me just ask you again. I'm going to pay you. Uh, it was uh, like a like a hundred two hundred thirteen dollars in mileage, plus one hundred twenty bucks an hour. <clears throat> yep, it's going to be at least two or three four hours. I said for a thousand dollars. Okay, <laughs> you can't drive down there, inspect that vehicle, fill it out on paper, come back and put it in the damn computer and detail it and pass the damn truck or fail it one or the other. Well, no, we we can't do that. I said, yeah, I said, let me, let me just explain something to you. Okay. I said, you all are the most perfect example 
of a non-customer service industry that I can think of. Okay. The only people that would benefit by calling you is if you were a suicide intervention service, because you would very, you would validate the reason for them to call you. Let me just go ahead and shoot myself and get this over with. Okay. That's what I told this dumb bitch. All right. And that, mm. ladies and gentlemen, is what we call the Larry Long special. Oh, it, you didn't get to that. That, that that's just the, that's just the part that I don't. You know, my my phone, my my watch said, "Are you an AFib?" I got that AFib alert. You know, she had me so fired up. I'm gonna tell you right now. I'm gonna put TA and Petro as an official sponsor of the podcast of of an, of an example of a business that you never want to pattern yourself after. Okay. It's the most non-customer service, customer service business that I've ever encountered in the 68 years I've been on this earth. And not just one time, but every time we have an intervention with them, it usually ends up being something that's less than desirable. Now, tell me I'm wrong. Um, absolutely not. I, I, in fact, I, I will I will meet your story and I will raise you one. <laughs> um, <clears throat> we had an air conditioner repair done. Fourth of July weekend, it was a it was a hose. A hose had contacted a pulley. Pulley grabbed a hole in the hose. We went to the mm-hmm. Freightliner dealer. We got the hose. We come back. He puts the hose on. Oh, let's don't be anonymous. This was a this was the uh, the Petro, Petro and Gary. Gary in Indiana. Okay, and so, so I'm they, no longer <laughs> going to be anonymous with PTA Petro. I'm calling them bastards out every time we have a problem. So they tell us that well, they put the line on. They said, well, your compressor's bad. I'm like, well, how do we go? from one thing to the another and the driver said he heard a hissing sound and they're like oh yeah you can when they said it, there was a seal leaking on the compressor <sighs> so we get down the road and i brought it in to the detroit shop here because it's got the old york style compressors the 99 century and they they had one on the shelf and i'm like well i'll let y'all go ahead and look at it and then you have the compressor if it needs a compressor and he sends me the work, the, the write-up, and it says, we see that there's a new hose put on, but the line going into the compressor was left loose, and that's why there was only 0.2 ounces of free on it. And thus the hiss. And thus the hiss. That they said was the compressor leaking. <clears throat> so um, we um, got it fixed. Dr. Bonecutter fixed it, of course. Now... Of course, the Detroit shop, the Detroit shop wasn't much better because they they're like, well, your condenser looks bad, and I'm like, but you said it passed a leak test. Well, yeah, Listen, so it's not bad. Then one o'clock beauties in the bar look bad, right? So, Doctor Bonecutter gets a hold of it at the event, and he says he sends me a picture, and he goes, this wire for the clutch, this compressor has been so hot that it has melted melted the wires to the compressor body and has shorted them out which led to the detroit shop was like well it's not working we don't know what you know well yeah because the wires are shorted out uh, because the compressor's probably junked by the the heroes at ta petro so anyway i called petro gary and i got the manager on the phone and i said hey got this situation i just went through what i just went through here with you and i said and i quote and i read from the document that said the line was left loose and I said, so now I've got a junk compressor. And he's like, well, what do, you, what, what do you want me to do? And I said, well, I think some sort of refund's in order. What do you, how much you want? 
I said, uh, how about half the bill? He said, $300. I said, yep. He's like, give me the credit card number. I'll put it back on there. Like, no, gosh, I'm sorry that that happened. And like, he was, he was so bothered, you know, he, he could not wait to give me that $300 refund. Um, so everybody I, needs to call them tomorrow and demand a refund. <laughs> Come up with some bogus bill and tell me you want half your money back. It's just I like why why is there no humility? You know, um, none. It's just it's not like I mean, if I do something dumb and I have uh, plenty of times, uh, and I've had to apologize and say, you know what, man, this was my fault. This was 100% me. It was my fault. And I apologize. And I had to exercise some kind of humility so that I could remain a decent human being. Uh, But it just amazes me the the audacity and the arrogance of these shops that can do such a horrible, horrible job. And then like, yep, that's right. We did do a horrible job. And you're going to like it, too. Well, I've, I've told you over and over again why this industry can do this. Because it's so expensive to tow a truck that you don't have any options. Okay. They could care less about return business because there's a thousand trucks going by that place in the next hour. A certain number of those are going to have to pull in there for something. They have no choice but to go there. Okay. And so there's enough of that on demand business that having return customers is not important. It's not important at all. Matter of fact, I want you to do an overlay. I want you to do TA Petro with a circle and a slash through it. (laughs) From now on, that's going to be on our, by the way, our other overlay needs to be there. But um, we're going to start running that. It's going to be an anti-sponsor. Okay. So right next to that, it's going to be TA Petro with a slash through it. Okay. Okay. Or give, put a, put a middle finger right there. Okay. (laughs) So. And I wish that tell them how tell them how passionate I was at BCO days about them about us needing them for us to you know we tell them about that story. Uh, so I I began talking with they had a table set up at BCO days and it was three people two men or two ladies and a man. Well, there was a little trade show there with all these different yeah. suppliers, and yeah. T.A. Petro was one of them. So. And, and I, I would just walked up and I was just kind of having a, a gentle conversation and Larry looks over his shoulder and sees me standing over there and, and he walks over and we begin to, uh, here's what I said to, this is how I started. I, said, I also under, understand I had no alcohol involved in this. Okay. Middle, I said, middle of the day. I said, look, here, here's, here's my issue. I have a relationship with the TA and hurricane. I know the managers. I know the TSAs. I know most of the techs and I have a relationship that I can walk in there and I can toss them the keys to my truck and say, I need this, this, and this done and walk away and they'll pull the truck in and they'll do what I ask them to do. And they'll pull the truck out. I still have to watch them. I still have to check them. I still, since Carl's not there anymore, when Carl was there, I just, just here, fix it. Um, and I said, but that's that's a relationship built over time. And so I can't expect, I cannot expect to walk into the Petro and Gary, for example, and and expect that kind of 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 relationship and service. But what I would like to not have happen as as a as a, as a juxtaposition 
is not to just be told to fuck off because that's big. And that's literally the words I said to this lady and her eyes got kind of big. And she's like, what do you mean? And I'm like, because that's basically what happens. You know, I said, y'all have the app, right? They call it, uh, uh, it's not eShop. It's uh, anyway, where you can schedule in the app. She's like, oh yeah, yeah, we have, we've been in. And I said, okay, then why won't your, why won't your locations use it? She's like, what are you talking about? I said, can you imagine the number of times that I have used that uh, thing on the app to set up and I call them, Hey, I put in a, 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 a <clears throat> an ETA. We don't use that. We don't use that. We don't use that. Oh, okay. Or if I call ahead and say, Hey, I'm, I'm, I'm going to be doing my 10 hour break that tonight. Do y'all have an AC guy? Yeah, we've got one till 3 a.m. Okay, great. Um, I, I've got an AC needs looked at. Um, well, we'll, we'll write you up when you get here. And I'm like, well, why don't you go ahead and write me up now? We don't do that. Okay. Okay. Um, appreciate that. Uh, or, hey, I, listen, I have, I've already sourced all the parts. I'm going to be doing a 10-hour break or 34-hour restart. I need to get this done. Well, you know, if we get to it, I mean, you know, like they're so offended that you even call to ask them. So at this point, you know, Larry walks over and he gets on his knees in front of this, this table with his hands up like this in front of them. And he was like, please, I'm, I'm, I'm begging you, please do business with me. Take care of me as a customer. And this one girl, I mean, she's got that keyboard and she's just, you know, I'd love to read that, read that report. But they were just, they were just deer in the headlights. They were completely dumbstruck. Um, you know, and I even mentioned, I said, you know, I've been in my, my local shop that I have a relationship with and it's like, it's one way. And then the regional manager comes in and starts threatening everybody with all this nonsense, especially since COVID. Oh my God. You know, don't, don't, don't be concerned about whether or not you're serving your customer but you better have your mask on slave it's just nonsense why won't you focus on the people coming in the door that are just trying to make a living but they don't care they could who, not care who less. want to give you money yeah i would have given them a thousand dollars today all <laughs> they had to do was take care of their customer they're paying yep. for a phone. They're paying for a shop. Okay. They're paying for a big sign up there. They've got all these salaries in there and they blew the opportunity to make, cause they couldn't figure out how to get the stuff off the paper report in the computer with the fucking trailer down a, a mile, uh, an hour away. Couldn't figure that out. That same Petro, we had somebody broke down somewhere in that Mississippi. I don't remember who it was. Somebody was broke down and I called them and he goes, well, I got, a, I got a guy that could come out there, but there ain't nobody here that knows how to work the computer. <laughs> and I'm like, well, can they, does the computer keep them from work, using their tools? You know, could you like write it down on a piece of paper and have somebody put it in the computer later? My question is how, when you go in there and take a crap, does the computer have to tell you how to wipe your ass? I mean, why, why do we have to depend on, I mean, if the computer d goes down, we just shut up the business and go home. Mm -hmm. just, you talk about a seating authority. Yep. Well, I mean, I don't know how to, I don't know how to turn on the computer. So I, I you know, I can't help you. 
you know, but it's, it's, it's really no different than, you know, here, it, here, here's the thing. Here's the thing. Okay. You, you think there's an opportunity for, for what we do right here, creating BCOs that can make a couple hundred thousand dollars there. The opportunity for somebody to get in this business and give a rat's ass about the customer is unlimited. Un in, in the shop. There is no, there is no competition mm -mm. in the shop business. Zero competition. You could, oh my gosh, the millions of dollars that you could make, which there are shops doing it, that, but and they're just. All you have to do is take care of your customer. That's all you got to do. It would be yep. so easy. And you could pretty much name your price, you know, pretty much name your price. I mean, if you fix my truck, you know, we used to go in there and ask for Carl when he was a TA, and he would warn us, oh, now he's going to charge you time and materials. Like, that was a threat to us. <laughs> like, like, yeah, we're willing to pay him time and materials because when he gets done with the truck, it works. Yep. And all your other guys, we probably have to take it back and have him do it anyway. Let's just do it to begin with. Oh, okay, well, we just want to make sure you knew, you know. And you're trying to and trying to sell the benefit they had by having Carl there, they tried to run people off from using it. Tell me I'm wrong. Andrew's got one. This is so good. Was in Shreveport looking for a trailer inspection. TA said they no longer have a trailer inspector once he got there because, of course, they won't pick up the phone. And Petro down the road had four people at the desk and no texts. <laughs> I just, I, you know. If it wasn't, if it wasn't so sad to be comical, you know, it's, it's, it's un, but you should hear our story about the starter down in North Carolina. You oh. know, we, we were blocking the fuel island at a TA for 34 hours. The driver got a reset setting on the fuel island. 10 miles away at the Petro. Okay. They have the part, but they won't. They won't get together and fix the truck sits Come to find out, once we get the part on there and the TA people see it, they go, well, hell, we had that part in stock all along. They didn't, well, don't, don't didn't, forget, Petro had the part, brought it over and, and put it on, but left it disconnected left and disconnected. told us the engine was locked up. Yeah, exactly. So then the TA, where it's sitting, has to come out. And I told the, I finally got somebody with a brain. And I said, listen, just start over. Just walk out there like you've never heard of this truck before and go out there and look at it. And he goes, you know what? I'm going to do that. I'm just going to, I'm, I'm not going to pretend I know anything about this. I'm going to go out there and look at it. And the first thing they did, oh, well, they left the batteries disconnected. That's why I wouldn't start. But oh, and by the way, they had the part the whole time. The whole time. They had the starter on the shelf. Their parts people couldn't read the supersession of yep. part numbers, you know? So, yeah, but, they were, but the engine was locked up. You know, they were going to request you know suggest that we go get a new engine and let the batteries disconnected you know it, I, I, you and, and see we can just think of these all night if, oh. if it were just one thing it'd be one thing and every one of these stories are ta petros and i told that little girl down there on my hands and knees i said you know the only person in the whole world that you had that gave a rat's ass about your employees you let get away and yep. you know where he is i got him <laughs> okay i got him yep <clears throat> you know in well the, well let's tell the story at the the podcast where well we kind of told it last week where 
a guy has been to all these shops, had this vibration, has talked to everybody. And within 10 minutes of Rocky looking at that truck, he goes, right, there's a problem. He had, he had tie rods. He had a wheel bearing. Alignment was out. And he's been trying for two years to get this vibration out of this truck. Rocky found it in 10 minutes. And how many times has somebody said something and we get it to Carl and Carl goes, what you going to do about this? Right here, there there it is. Oh, I can't can't see that. You know, Uh, (laughs) Rocky said most of the techs are there to get a check on Friday and load up on meth for the weekend. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, it's unfortunate, but probably true. Well, listen, we're, you know, uh, we talk about building relationships all the time in terms of at Landstar with agents, but listen, having your network of, of, of having your tribe of people like Rocky and like Carl, I mean, that's what that, that's so valuable to our success. You know, I mean, we're, we're spoiled, you know, we're spoiled to the point where we'll pay two or $3,000 to tow a vehicle to get it back here so that Carl can look at it. Even though we have to pay this tow bill, we know it's going to get fixed. We'll pay that down there and still have to bring it up here and Carl fix it. Mm -hmm. So, you know, and Rocky down in North Florida, I mean, you know, that's, he, he's not that far away. You know, now we take all of our trucks down to North Florida. Anytime we have a suspension or a tire problem or an alignment problem. I mean, having these guys is so valuable to the success of our business that we, you know, we, and, and the, the point I'm trying to make here is you guys need to find these, you know, build your network, find these people that you can trust. And you had this relationship with, it was just Carl, this right. You, you speak of, well, Andrew, you're going to have to uh, do some homework here. Start at episode 49 and go as far as you can go. And you'll have, you'll find that out. Um, I'll give here's the short answer. Uh, Carl, is Dr. Carl Bonecutter. That's really uh, his name. Who missed, doctor who died, missed but... his calling in life as an orthopedic surgeon, but now he's a director of truck surgery for Bonecutter Truck Repair. Uh, he is the single greatest diagnostician I have ever met in my life. Uh, if he can't find it, it can't be fixed. Uh, Rocky now, is, is Rocky. Now we're Rocky no Carl. longer giving out his information because <laughs> we made him a rock star and now we can't even get our own stuff worked on. So, We'll tell you who he is, but he, he's just a ghost. You can't find him, okay? And Rocky Rockefeller uh, is a uh, 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 former BCO, and um, he, he has North Florida MD alignment in Jacksonville, and he does MD alignments. Um, so, yeah, Andrew, you're new here. Um, you, you got about 50 episodes worth of stuff to listen to, and we'll get you all caught up. <clears throat> Phil uh, and, wants to know the brand name of the balancing beads. That would be counteract counteract. Mm-hmm. You know, and the, well, let's talk about the, what was that guy's name down in uh, Georgia? Oh, I can't remember. Anyways, the driver goes into the scale in Georgia and gets put out of service. Right. And it was uh, something with the leaf springs, something bizarre. And there was a tech there at, the way station. And so the driver's like, well, there's a guy here that says he can fix it. I'm like, well, I bet he can probably be $12,000 by the time he's done with it. He fixed an exhaust problem and fixed this leaf spring. And there was one other thing that he did. And it's like, all right, well, here comes the bill. And I'm like, and I'm sitting down $520. 
500 in, a, in an out of serv- in an out of service situation where he knows he's got you by the short hairs. You got to keep that old boy on speed. I asked Mel if he okay. kissed him before he left because he, he needed a <laughs> massage or a, you know something. Yeah. Um, but I mean, but that guy now, you know, and I told because it's that's where in the, an area where the driver lives. I'm like, you need to you need to call him. You need to start a relationship with him because that's good people right there. Yeah, you know, because he could have he could have cleaned us out for fifty two hundred dollars if he wanted to. Sure, I mean you have no, you have no option. It's it's just like a Landstar inspection. You know, you your options are fix it or hook it to a tow truck. You know. Yep. And uh, well, we've rattled on for about an hour and a half. Yep, that's probably enough. Um, I think we've probably done our our civic duty tonight. Thanks to Pittsburgh Power. Remember, we have the OPS products. We have the Max Mileage products. Um, there are some um, T-shirts from the event still left over on the website. Do you guys want to grab up a lunatic T-shirt? And um, what else we got? Oh, to hey, yes. hey, we've got we've got to show off what Karen made for us. Oh, we've actually got an official poster now. Yeah. And we'll even autograph them for you and send them to you. So. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that my, was, uh, my wife that was, made those for us. That was a little souvenir from the event last weekend. So, so um, uh, everybody wants to know when the next one is, and I don't. I mean, it takes it takes me about a year to get over these. So, uh, you, listen, you missed it. You shouldn't have missed it. You should have been there. And uh, but probably next summer we'll have another one. But but uh, listen, I mean, these things are these things are. Um, you know, they only happen once a year. You should be there. The cool kids are there. Okay. So, yep. And we had a good time. Uh, we might actually interview a couple of guys that were there. We probably should get some just randoms that were there mm-hmm. and, uh, get a little testimonial maybe. So we'll be looking at the Facebook this week. We should have those pictures from Frank back. So we'll yeah. put those up for everybody. Um, Frank was like a kid in a candy store out there with, with Rocky. Cause he's a, He's a gearhead. He builds motorcycles and uh, yeah. he's a welder. So he told me, he was like, Oh my God, this, this MD alignment thing is amazing. I'm like, yeah, <laughs> it sure is. <laughs> yeah. Uh, is Niven, is Niven's video on our website? Uh, it, it, it's on his YouTube channel. I think I can share it. So I'll look into that. Uh, smooth operator, smooth YouTube. operator trucking on YouTube. Uh, yeah. he made a little, little video. I think he's going to make some more. So he took quite a bit of footage while he was there. So, yeah. Yeah. So anyway, the guys yeah. that came, thanks for being there. Thanks for supporting us. I uh, will hope you, uh, hope you enjoyed it. Uh, what is this going on? I don't Where's know. Brooke? Rocky's having a side conversation in the comments here about somebody named Brooke about selling a freight liner. Hmm. <coughs> all right. Well, all right, Brooke, we'll get a hold of us. We'll talk to you. Yep. All right. We will be back next uh, Sunday, the 31st, for episode 122. Um, and uh, nine o'clock. We'll see y'all, y'all be, then. Be safe this week. Make a bunch of money, okay? We'll talk to you next week. See Good ya. night, everybody.